The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Travel Genius. I'm Mark Elwood. And I'm Nikki Eckstein. In case you forgot, we are the Travel Geniuses. Yes, we are. And this week, we're going to be talking about what happened over hiatus, the trips we took, and the new people we met in every sense. Plus, we'll be joined by Rebecca Jarvis from ABC News and also the host of the hit podcast, The Dropout. All that and more on this week's Travel Genius. Hey, Mark. Long time. I know. Totally. How are you? Well, a lot's changed. We've been (laughs) gone for a good bit. And we're playing catch up. We've got some major milestones to talk about, right? Well, it was a busy summer. I think maybe especially for me. No, that's not true. You logged a lot of miles, but I did something different. I had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a bigger milestone than me just getting on a few more flights. Depends on which part of the word you want to put emphasis on because miles you got. Stone, I suppose I did. But yes, um, we learned how to travel this summer in a whole new different way as a party of three in my family. And it's been pretty fun. And what have you, having put some tell us tell me some tips from season one that what used to be theoretical but that now you have put into practice which ones really work okay so i think samantha brown is my idol in a whole new sense of the word at this point she got a ton of points on her episode last season but oh my god i put some of them to the test while we were traveling with our little one and i'm gonna go out there and say her most genius idea ever was ordering off of the kids menu when you get room service i did that did you do it i did it And it was life-changing. I kid you not, I spent $7 on a pizza from the kids section at a hotel in Spain, which had the same pizza on the menu for adults for $27. So you saved 20 bucks by just making your voice a little bit higher. I mean, I I was traveling with a child. (laughs) (laughs) I also discovered something. Have you heard of Resort Pass? No. So we we went down to Miami to visit the family so the baby could meet the family. And, you know, we didn't want to stay cooped up in my parents' apartment all, all day long, especially summer in Miami. You want to be outside at a beautiful pool. There's a thing called Resort Pass where you can pay, you know, depending on the hotel, 25 bucks, 50 bucks to use their pool all day long. And we got a cabana at the Confidant in Miami Beach. And it was amazing. We spent the whole day there. So this and that's not just a Miami Beach. That's not just no, a Miami Beach. Service. It's everywhere. You could do it in New York to get a rooftop pool in New York. Um, You could do it as a staycation idea. You could do it if you're staying at an Airbnb and you want some more amenities. I love that. You see, I'm not a big, as longtime listeners will know, I'm a little allergic to Airbnb and its competitors because I want to be pampered a bit more than that offers. But if you tell me I can can sort of 
take refuge from my Airbnb at a hotel. This was so pampering. I think it was $250 for a cabana at the Confidant, the hotel that we went to in Miami. Mm-hmm. And that included um, Prosecco for my whole group because it was six of us. Mm-hmm. Prosecco for the whole group, space for all of us, dedicated lounge chairs by the pool outside of the cabana, some amount of food. And then we had butler service all day. Oh, that's what Break I Break it down per person. And that's not very expensive either. That's basically, that. that's as cheap as McDonald's, but much higher class. <laughs> that's what I say. So where else? So you went to Miami. You went to Spain. We went to Spain. So we did Barcelona and Mallorca. Mark, we had a travel disaster on the way back. I don't know if you had any travel disasters this summer. We'll come to that. Oh, boy. We had a six-hour delay on our connecting flight back from Mallorca, mm-hmm. missed our connection back to New York on two different carriers, so we got nothing. So we got stranded with a baby in Barcelona for an extra day. How do you cope with delays plus baby? Because when I see people in airports going through that, as angry as I am at being stuck somewhere, I look at them and I think, Godspeed, they're but for the grace. You know what? My baby was probably the calmest person on that plane because she had no idea what was going on. So, <laughs> God bless her. Um, but we just, I just... You know, Hotel Tonight exists for a reason, but I don't love their inventory. And so my workaround for that was I pulled up a different hotel booking site that I really like to use. I I like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled up their inventory in Barcelona and they have same day bookings. And I personally like their curation of hotels better than Hotel Tonight. I just booked a hotel and off we went. We we rebooked the flights and we just, just made the best of it. It turned out that we ended up in Barcelona for their kind of equivalent of the 4th of July. Oh, wow. It was so much fun. Enough about me. Mark, I know you went on some epic adventures. I was following along on Mm -hmm. Instagram while I was sitting on my couch feeding my baby day in and day out. Some super surprising places that I wasn't (laughs) expecting to find you. And I will say, it'll be a shameless plug for my Instagram, which is my name, because I use that really as notes for uh, trips when I find something interesting. I was in the wilds of the outback of Australia. Um, I loved the hotel amenity I got at the QT in Perth, which was a chocolate bird in a bird cage. That sounds so charming and beautiful. And it was very clever because I did what I was supposed to, which was put a picture of it on Instagram. I loved going down the Danube uh, from Budapest to Passau in a very nice crystal cruise. Uh, Budapest was fascinating to me because there's a lot of new hotels coming into Budapest. There's one called the Mystery Hotel. And imagine if Harry Potter had designed a hotel. It's full of trompe l'oeil and moving pictures. Again, very, very visual. What Do you know Budapest well? I don't know Budapest well. And I have to say it's a city that is in ascendancy. Mm-hmm. Like you're describing, there's some amazing hotels that are opening in the next year that I think are going to change the way people see that city. I agree with you. There are there are lots more hotels coming online. This The Mystery Hotel is the former Masonic Lodge of Budapest. So cool. So it has these amazing murals that you think... I wonder what that is supposed to mean. So I went there. I went to Phoenix, Sao Paulo. I cruised around the fjords. I went to St. Louis, which is really one of my favorite cities Seriously? in America. I love St. Tell Louis Tell me so about much. that. I, I've not been. And I actually recently have heard amazing things about the arts and cultural scene. But even with the good things that I'm hearing about it, I wouldn't expect it to rank that highly on your list. I think St. Louis is a very livable city. Uh, All the museums are free. They voted in more taxes to pay for the museums. The World's Fair from 1904 left the city with an incredible infrastructure. And I defy anyone to stand and look at the Jefferson National Memorial, I think it's called, but we just call it the Arch, and not feel their heart sore. Oh, my God, Mark. It is the most beautiful so piece of architecture. You would put it up there with, like, the New Yorks and the L.A.s. And... 
I would put it up there as not an anchor city for America, but if I was sending anyone to a secondary city, St. Louis would probably be the first one I'd send them to. That's amazing. I love it. I really, really love it. And then I went to Pantelleria in Rome. I don't know if you've seen A Bigger Splash. Pantelleria, that little island where Tilda Swinton stands there and she's a sort of rock star who can't can't open her mouth. That was very exotic. I was terrified by driving there. I have driven in Italy in general and... You just have to put yourself in that mindset and go for it. But, oh, my God, it takes leaning in. It is. It is. You you are essentially in a tiny metal box on a road on the edge of a cliff ah. with no fence around it. And other tiny metal boxes are barreling towards you. And one of you has to get out of the way. At least it wasn't in a rental car that did not have winter tires when it started to blizzard in the Dolomites. Okay, you on that you win. I still would not want to drive that. I would I would go to that <laughs> island with a, a a driver. I did the waters were beautiful. I will say the Lago di Specchio, which is the volcanic pool there, is as gorgeous as all of the Instagram pictures suggest. There aren't great beaches, but boy, that's a great place to swim. Well, Mark, it sounds like we have an entire season worth of topics here to unpack between your surprising out-of-the-box mm-hmm. destinations and all of the funky little hacks that I've picked up traveling with a tiny, tiny human. It's going to be a fun ride. Oh, I can't wait to get started. Speaking of getting started, let's bring in our first guest for season two. And she's a really good one. Oh, yeah. This is Rebecca Jarvis who is ABC News's Chief Business, Economics and Technology Correspondent. She's a Murrow Award-winning journalist who's reported on the Madoff scandal, the Great Recession, basically any headline-making story. She's also a hugely successful podcaster with not one, but two shows. Her podcast, No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis, features candid conversations with game-changing women in business and entertainment, while The Dropout... Oh, The Dropout. You may have heard of it. Hello. ...was a massive success that told the story of the rise and fall of the blood-testing company Theranos and its founder, Elizabeth Holmes. So let's bring her in. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us on Travel Genius. It's so nice to have you here. I'm so happy to be here, guys. This is great. We're very excited to talk about travel with you, Rebecca. But before we start, we do have a procedural rule. Nikki, what is that procedural rule? Well, there's one sound that you're going to really want to hear quite a few times throughout the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And it sounds like this. (laughs) That is a genius point. If you make, as I'm sure you will, an amazing (laughs) travel tip, You'd say something amazing. Nikki will give you a ding to point out how amazing it is. And we will tally it up at the end. I don't know if you're competitive. Uh, Very, but I am really scared I'm not going to hear enough dings. So let's talk. Let's talk. First of all, Rebecca, when when you're traveling, you obviously have traveled a lot for work and you always need to be ready. Camera ready, ready for anything. What do you keep in your carry on bag? that you've always got with you in case you're going to need it in an emergency? The mini toiletry bag is what I have all the time already packed with all the mini items in it so that they don't take it away. Because I'm one of those people that always takes my bag with me on the flight. You're Mm -hmm. a carry-on only person. Please. I hate checking luggage. I hate having luggage lost. I hate waiting once I get to the airport. I guess you could say I'm a little impatient. Sorry. I think a lot of us are that (laughs) way. We share that with you. But okay, so do you have branded items that you find in mini size? Do you pack your own things into your own containers? What's your strategy? Oh, I like this question, really getting into the details of it. 
I think it's kind of half and half, to be honest. What I so I'm also somebody, you know, I'm the Sephora shopper. I love my little freebies. So I will oftentimes, as soon as I get freebies, take them and put them into my travel bag. And then it's like you land somewhere and all of a sudden you've got a gel mask that you didn't realize you had and you get to put it on at night. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Why have we never thought of this before? Um, What kinds of things? I'm not sufficiently a Sephora shopper and I really Mm. should be. I'm a I'm big on online shopping, um, which I don't like to admit. But what kinds of things do you get from Sephora that you like to stow away? I love the oh, mask because yeah. that feels like an indulgence. It does. And also More after a flight. Things? Well, I'm, you know, I'm the, I do the face soap, um, the shampoo packets. So I, you know, I color my hair. Uh-huh. Not gonna lie, and the the shampoo. Don't we all? Like <laughs> no shame. The the shampoo that that's oftentimes in hotels usually strips hair color. Yeah, so you get sulfate free stuff. Exactly. Oh. So the little packets that are the giveaways oftentimes are good for hair color, colored hair. Um, also, I do. I like a chapstick, mm-hmm. um, some sort of chapstick, something to moisturize my lips with because, you know, the plane can get really mm-hmm. dry. Totally. Um, I keep moisturizers. And then the other thing that now is truly in my luggage all the time is a bell. And the reason for it is that I have a baby. And when she travels with me, the thing that gets her happy when she is freaking out is the bell. I just start Wait, ringing like, the bell. like this one? Yeah. I'm going to get that bell. Are you bell. serious? Yeah, it's actually a little handheld, like, jingle bell. <laughs> and um, it, it, funny enough, it came from my parents. It was something that I had as a baby, and they gave it to me. So now I just packed it, truly packed it in our carry-on luggage, and it's with us all the time. So, you have just given Nikki permission to keep that with her at all times. <laughs> at all times. I, too, have, I think our babies are close in age, actually. She's eight months old. Mine is six. So there you go. There you and go. have you traveled major with her? We have, a little bit. Yeah, we've started to. We just did an Italy trip with Isabel, my daughter, and it was it was phenomenal. And I am so thankful that she can hang like like by the end of the trip. I was like, yes, we can travel with you anywhere now. This is awesome. We did Spain for our first big international trip. And it's such a it's such a win. Mark, you're so outnumbered. I was going to say, honestly, (laughs) I'm thrilled to say I've never had to travel with a baby, nor will I. But I, I am curious before you took that first. And I think this is an interesting challenge. It can feel, and you, you've traveled an awful lot before you were a parent. Mm-hmm. What did people, what what useful advice did people give you about traveling with a baby that you wouldn't have thought of? So food on the way up, on the ascent, feed her. That was a big one because the ear the popping. So if you give, we have a bottle ready to go mm-hmm. every time we're at takeoff. And yep. I wait until the last minute as the plane is starting to move faster and faster. Because if I feed her you know, a little bit earlier on the tarmac, the bottle will be gone yeah, by the time exactly. we're flying. So wait until that last minute. The other piece of great advice, which worked so seamlessly for us in Italy, was to keep her on New York time because Italy is six hours ahead. So the beauty of this was that we went out to dinner with her. That was her afternoon nap. I'm making the quotation marks because yep. it wasn't the afternoon, but it was her afternoon nap. And then bedtime for her was about midnight and she slept in in the morning. So we got to sleep in. We did both of those things as well. We we adjusted like only a tiny bit to Spanish time. One or two hours we rolled her back. Exactly. So can we have a thing awesome. for this? I think. <laughs> no, but I think, and I've heard this from a lot of my friends who've traveled with babies, is when they're young babies, so yeah. you really you are really not worried about activities. Correct. Going somewhere that you can workably keep them on the same time zone 
is a hallelujah moment. Absolutely. But that doesn't need to mean staying on the same time zone. And I think that that's the point oh, that no, people no, so miss, right? Where you can right? keep them. Just look exactly. at what the, what the time difference will be and work out, oh, can I keep can I, can I I keep to that, yes, it's midnight, that works. And it's great because that's the schedule that we want to be on as adults. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. And I also think you just have to roll with it, too. I mean, that has always sort of been my travel strategy, no in matter general. what, in general. You know, if something isn't working out, just move on to the next thing okay, when you're so traveling. Actually, that's a really good point. And I think, you know, I've been reading a lot about this recently. People have been uh, writing more and more about what you do when you find yourself in a really not so fun travel situation, i.e. you rented an Airbnb in Florence mm. and you get there and it's a sixth floor walk up with no air conditioning and there's cobwebs all over the bathroom and a roach just ran through the kitchen. You know, whatever. This, this it, sounds like a terrible. very personal experience. Where you're like, and it's, then... not, it's not. It's not. And no, no dig on Airbnb. But these things do happen. Um, people, I think, are increasingly more willing to just throw their arms up and say, let's just find plan B. Forget yeah. this. Yeah. Is that, plan B, is that kind of what you do? Or Yes. I mean, look, I get it. It's finan- It can be financial, too. Like, you don't always of have course. a necessarily other option that you can afford or that you can pay for. I, I th- When you were telling me the Airbnb example, I was thinking, okay, so you just spend very little time inside of your mm-hmm. Airbnb. We, on our trip recently, we were supposed to go to Milan um, from Florence, and it was raining. I kept looking at the at the um, forecast and it was raining in Milan and I was like you know why are we racing to Milan it's sunny and beautiful in Florence let's just hang out in Florence a little bit longer rather than racing to a city so that what we did can't you do? enjoy we changed our we ch- it was free and we changed our train so the changing the train was free and yeah. were you able to move your hotel bookings as well yeah no way yeah that's- and I think that's yes I think it's a very interesting to remind ourselves I'm a big planner Mm. And often I'm traveling for work. So the reason it's planned is because I'm shoehorning things in. But giving yourself permission to change your trip midway is strangely hard and very worth it. Totally. And I also think it's what is a vacation to you? So for me, a vacation is not being stressed. It's not having to overthink everything the way that my life is pretty much overthought here in New York and whenever I'm traveling for business like you. If I'm traveling for work, usually it's I hit the ground. From the second I hit the ground, everything is timed out to a second Um, and very close calls on almost missing flights and things like that. (laughs) But I don't miss them. But when it's traveling for fun, I want to be able to relax and enjoy. And I think part of that relaxing and enjoying for me means not adhering to a schedule, not saying, oh, if we miss seeing this thing, then we're missing the vacation. 100%. I love this. Okay. I also want to ask, when you're on vacation, I presume as the kind of superstar host of The Dropout, (laughs) which we must talk about, but tell us, what are your vacation podcasts? What do you, other than Travel Genius, I know. That's good. (laughs) Travel Genius is number one. Obviously. Um, I've actually listened to every single episode at this point, Mark. So there's, (laughs) I've got to look for other alternatives. This is the hard part. You guys need to create more content. Can you interview more people? That's Mm -hmm. why we're here. Hallelujah. Music to our ears. Um, So I really... uh, uh, I'm not going to give single shout outs because there's a lot of friends in the industry Mm -hmm. right now. Um, But, uh, you know, obviously Guy Raz, How I Built This is a a go to Um, Slate's podcast about the um, Bill Clinton impeachment and the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Slow burn. Um, Mm. Slow burn. Exactly. 
loved that. Um, and I'm in the hunt now um, for something new. And I'm actually, you know, working on creating that new thing as we speak. How interesting. <laughs> yeah, tell, I us, love, tell, tell us, us more. There's nothing more I can say at this point, but uh, I think that the world could use a Dropout 2.0. Well, then. Wow. Just tell us about it first. This promises you all. <laughs> yeah, you heard it on Travel Genius first. <laughs> but of course, you, you do host more than one. You have host more than one podcast. Well, of course. No Limits. Thank you for, for mentioning that. I, I love my, my podcast, No Limits. Okay. I need to take a play out of your No Limits playbook. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a riff on your favorite uh, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the worst travel advice you've ever been given? Oh. So it comes to restaurants. It's not a specific restaurant, but I find that frequently the highest rated restaurants on many travel sites are often, unfortunately, the worst ones. And huh. OK, so the worst advice, I don't mean to knock on on, um, by the way, hotels when they send you to a restaurant. But obviously, like we all know, there's some sort of kickback scheme going on well, there, of right? Course. It's not even a scheme. So, I think it's overt. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. So unfortunately, what. A lot of people, especially when you're traveling to a foreign location, what a lot of people consider good is not necessarily what I'm looking for. So oftentimes when the reviews say it was great, they spoke English, there was an English menu, um, they catered so well. I'm looking for the best food and the coolest experience. And I love good service and I applaud it. But I find that often unfortunately the places that get the highest reviews are not really the places that well, you should the wisdom, go to. I think it is often the wisdom of crowds is debated a great deal, but mm -hmm. you can sometimes end up with the lowest common denominator. Yes. Yeah. Because it's, if you please, if you please everyone, you please, that's no so one good. Yeah. Great point. And I, the way I get around that is by reading the actual reviews of people. Like I can get pretty hyper specific about whether or not I'm going to go to a restaurant based on, individual reviews and the things that they say that they liked about the restaurant. So what are the tip-offs for you? Mark's making a face wow. like I'm crazy. No, I think, I think this is great. No. What are the tip-offs for you of a good place or a bad place? Well, okay, so with good places, and we found this on our Italy trip too, I love recommendations from people who have traveled there and traveled there recently. So I usually ask friends and family and people mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. I tell them I'm going somewhere. I've now taken to Twitter here and there and asked people, okay. where do you like? I find that you know, consider the source back to this idea of consider the source. If a lot of people are giving me the same answer mm -hmm. about places and I trust the people who are giving me that answer, then I think, OK, that's like on the vibe. Um, when I read reviews, I oftentimes look in the reviews for the negative one in an extremely positive reviewed situation. I look for the negative review and it's the person who says, we were told to go here and it has such a high review, but I think everybody on this list is kind of crazy because this place actually isn't any good. And it's just like kind of the uh, the mainstream of whatever category it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the shepherd calling out the sheep, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was told to read two five star reviews and two one star reviews. That's a great point. I'm just this whole conversation deserves a point. <laughs> but I would say that if you if you read two five star and two one star, the yeah. truth is somewhere in between. I totally agree. And people who get upset about not being seated, usually I don't I don't take those very seriously. I have to say, am I going to be people no. are going to hate no. me after no. this? I think we all know exactly that person in our lives. <laughs> Thank you.
You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Talking of media, we had Josh Mankiewicz, the Dateline correspondent, on season one. And one of my favorite pieces of advice, he, he said, he said, if you want to know where to eat in a new city when you're on assignment, just ask a cop because the cops mm, know. I like that. What tips have you learned from being sort of hurled at a place at the last minute to cover a story, to try and navigate it? What have you learned on the ground, whether it's, you know, getting ready in the airport or <laughs> or trying to find a hotel you know, you've been a, a field reporter. What have you? How, how have you done that? Well, I think sadly, one of the tips is to not be that picky because we get mm-hmm. hurled into places where you just don't have a lot of options. I mean, speaking of airports, airports have a lot of nooks and crannies. I can't imagine that most people listening are going to require this, but. Um, for example, SFO has a yoga room where if if you need that space, you can go use a yoga room. I use it to um, track stories, um, meaning like read my packages. When you say a yoga room, is that a private yoga room? No, public yoga room. No one uses it. This is So what I will say is that a lot of these little special things that you find inside of airports, no one's actually taking advantage That's of them. That's the secret. Yeah. That's the secret. And you don't need to use the yoga room for yoga, as you say. Exactly. You can go chill for a minute, do whatever it is that you need to do. It's I, like a lounge. This is right, just exactly. for you. If you are someone who doesn't have the right credit card to get into the lounge, or mm. you're flying an airline that you don't have status on, one of those weird little rooms at an airport, which is set aside for a particular purpose, check that out. Because if you need a bit of a hideaway, you can go in there. Absolutely. I'm also reminded, Mark, of something that you tell me every time I interview about what to do to get the best deal. And you oftentimes talk about being nice to people and how that goes so far. And I think airports are places where a lot of people are under great stress. And I have found that I've gotten the most information that is helpful by being pleasant. But also, rather than going to the gate where everybody is totally frenzied, where mm-hmm. everyone is trying to rebook, find a gate with a nice person who's working at the same airline and say, hey, how are you? Can you tell me what might be going on? This actually happened on this flight as well. It turned out that uh, our our flight was about three hours delayed, our first flight out. And it turned out that the captain had called in sick and they were bringing in a flight from Orlando and the captain from that flight was going to take over. Anyway, We couldn't get that information at our gate. I got that information and I was the only one at our gate who got that information because I wandered to a totally different gate Mm -hmm. with some nice looking people and just, you know, put it out there. And I I think think, that's interesting. I think that's amazing advice when remember that an airport is a big place. Yeah. Try and go somewhere that's less under pressure. Go to the lounge. If you have lounge access, they're also. And, you know, it's, it's a bit like if the first person you work with isn't super cooperative, 
wander away and go to another gate. Totally. Someone else might have more information. Don't take no for an answer in the nicest possible way. That's right. Well, and I wonder how much this is also a shortcut, right? In a situation where maybe your flight is about to be canceled, you want to be the first person on the phone with your airline to make new plans. And if you can get that information from a source that's not backed up with a queue of, you know, 30, 40 people... I, I think you're on to something. I would also Try say, agent. thank you for the ding. Um, I would also say, now now I'm getting ideas of things that I would, I've done. So I would also say when I feel like a flight is about to get canceled and I'm in a place that is a small town, I oftentimes immediately book a hotel or call a hotel and put a room on hold because I know that within minutes, every hotel in that town is going mm-hmm. to be full. Um, also, calling you know when your flight is about to get canceled i will oftentimes also go soft book something on another flight or another airline when i have the capacity Mm -hmm. to do that knowing that as soon as it's officially canceled everybody is going to want that and you have the 24-hour cancellation window so 24-hour cancellation window actually only kicks in if you're booking up to seven i think it's seven days ahead so you can't book (laughs) a backup flight You can't book a backup flight like that. But what you can do is you can book a refundable ticket. So Mm. if you could book a full fare economy as a backup, and that's always cancellable, it's just the 24-hour rule doesn't kick in. But goodness, those are expensive tickets. They are. Especially booked the same day. But But if, if you want a backup, you can cancel that anytime you want and you can take the decision. Right. Can I? May I give you a little tip, Rebecca? Something you should download. It's an app I've just discovered called Flighty. So the word flight with a Y. It's a little startup and it's about 50 bucks a year. And it has changed my traveling world. It uh, essentially, it uses all the information that the airlines use, that FlightAware uses, any of those apps we're familiar with. But it's just better built. Mm. So imagine that, you know how when someone has a heart attack, it's because their arteries might be quite congested and the, the blood can't get through, they finally get through. That's the equivalent of the back end of most tech for airlines. So information can't get through very fast. Everything at Flighty gets through straight away. So you basically get the alert that your flight is canceled before anyone else does. That's fabulous. Bonus point. And thank you. And I will also say what happened to me recently, I was coming back from London and um, they changed the aircraft that I was getting onto. So my seat was moved. Yeah. But I learned about that before anyone else because flighty flagged that the aircraft had been changed. So I was able to grab my exit row seat all over again. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Flighty. Flighty. Well, well worth it. And yeah. I, you know, I have no financial relationship with flighty. <laughs> I've interviewed them. They're brilliant for 50 bucks a year. It's already paid for itself. And you also have a recommendation for a website that gives you affordable business class seats, right? Uh, why don't you tell us about that? It's it's great. So we, we've now used it. Full disclosure, we've used it one time, but it worked quite well for our trip to Italy. Cheapbizclass.com is the website. They will book because they have some sort of bulk discounts on business and they have the codes. They will book dramatically reduced rates for you on business class seats. And I'm talking about a, a seat that could be six or eight thousand dollars and you could do it for a thousand dollars. Oh, my God. Through this site. 
I think you ended on the highest of highs here. Woo-hoo! So we should just quit while we're ahead. <laughs> but we should also say, Rebecca, what? how can people find you? What are your, what are your social media handles? Thank you, Mark. At uh, Rebecca Jarvis is across the board my social media handle. And hopefully people will check out No Limits and The Dropout if they haven't yet. And, when, and maybe. I was going to say Dropout 2.0. How, how, how soon should people keep their eyes out for another project? Just keep watching people. Watch my Twitter. I'll share more when I can. Well, we'll be waiting with bated breath. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so so much. much. Thanks, guys. Okay, Nikki, how did Rebecca do? This was kind of a supersized point-grabbing episode, right? There, there was definitely some collaboration that happened here, but altogether we wound up with a whopping nine points. I think that's an all-time record. It is indeed. Well, anyway, let's go through them. Number one is for using Sephora giveaways as the ultimate little travel indulgence. Mm-hmm. Number two, skip baby jet lag altogether. Just forget about it. Number three, your plans are never as firm as you think. Pivot. Number four, parse user reviews carefully, and we've got some strategies for that. Number five, don't have access to the business class lounge? Look for the yoga room. I love that idea. Number six, try a different gate agent when yours is too backed up. Number seven, get a room on hold if you're worried about a flight cancellation. Number eight, Mark, this goes to you. Kudos. The Flighty app. It's always going to get you information faster than anywhere else. And number nine, I think my favorite out of all of these points, the ultimate strategy for getting cheap business class tickets, because who doesn't want that? Oh, hello. Thank you, Rebecca. Nine points. The benchmark has been set. Let's see if someone can beat it. Thanks for listening to Travel Genius. I'm Nikki Eckstein. And I'm Mark Elwood. Do you have a favorite travel tip or hack? Or do you have thoughts on what you heard about today? We want to hear them. Just drop us a line at 646-324-3490. If you leave a voicemail, we might even play it on the show. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikki Eckstein. That's three Ks and no Cs. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at Mark J. Elwood and Instagram at Mark Elwood. If you haven't subscribed to Travel Genius already, I would ask why not. But of course, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us. This show was produced by Topher Forges. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.